Wonderful day. Thank God for the rain. Thank God for the rain. You know, uh, Kristen, before I start my sermon, Kristen announced about Pantigo Fest. And uh, as a church, I want us to be praying how we can make an impact during this time. It's not going to make an impact on us. We're called to make an impact on our community. And so how we can do outreach, um, start praying about that, what doors will open up for us. Um, Please be willing to share with me what what God speaks into your spirit. Because we have a great opportunity. The community is coming to our parking lot. Isn't that great? Isn't God awesome? I'll tell you. It's like God send us those who are hurting, those who are lost, those are, that are dying without you. And he creates Oktoberfest and brings them right into our parking lot. And then we're like, oh, we need parking passes. You know, God says, there's so much more that you need than parking passes. And I want us to look and see the opportunity that's before us. So I am continuing on with a series of making a difference. And this uh, message is called making a living or making a difference. I want you to know that in the five years that I have been blessed to be here at Lake House Church, I don't think I've ever really done a complete message on giving. I've always believed that God loves a cheerful giver. We have our offering box in the back. We don't pass the plate. We don't want you to give out of condemnation or just to impress the person beside you. But giving is between you and the Lord. Amen. But it's also we're called to be generous in our nature. I'm also going to be using an analogy today that's going to be applicable to more than just about money. It's about our lives and ourselves being generous in all areas. But I want to start off with a a great little story. And it's about a dad named uh, James and his son Jimmy. Jimmy's five years old. And James is babysitting his son that afternoon while mom runs some errands. And as a dad, I remember those days very often. Uh, My kids really don't need babysitting anymore, but I remember those times. And I'd say, what would you like to do? So James said to his son Jimmy, what would you like to do? And Jimmy, in the middle of the afternoon, says, Dad, I want some McDonald's french fries. Now, as a dad, you know that if you go and you buy him the french fries, it's going to ruin supper. It's going to create a conversation. But you know what Jimmy, uh, James thought? He goes, you know what? If my son wants french fries, we're going to go get french fries. So he said to his son, where would you like to go get french fries? He says, Dad, I want McDonald's french fries. So they jump in the truck. They drive down to McDonald's. They go inside. They go up to order. And he orders his son a Sprite. And he said, you know what? Make it a supersized fries. And man, Jimmy was just so excited. Looked at his dad like, you are the best dad in the whole wide world. So they order the fries. They go, they sit down. Prayer was really brief that morning. It was just, bless his food, amen. And all of a sudden, Jimmy starts tackling into those fries. James, the dad, is sitting there just watching, enjoying his son, and just loving this moment, thinking about what he's going to tell his wife, but loving the moment right there that his five-year-old is gobbling up these warm, hot, salty french fries. I also want you to know that this morning I went to McDonald's. I was going to buy each of you a pack of french fries, but they don't sell french fries till 11 o'clock in the morning. I found that out this morning. So I was going to give you some french fries because it was not really fair to talk about french fries and then just, I wanted you to be nibbling on them. All of a sudden, though, James, in the moment, reaches over to grab a few of Jimmy's french fries, and Jimmy puts his arms around his french fries, makes a little four, and says, no, 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 these are my french fries, Daddy. 
James, the dad, is a little shocked at this response because he was having this beautiful bonding moment with his son and everything's great and the fries are glowing and all this. And all of a sudden, the nature of Jimmy comes out and says, no, no, no. All of a sudden, James, the dad, starts thinking, does he know who bought these french fries? Now, as a dad, man, I am right there. It's like, are you kidding me? Also, at six foot four, do you think that the dad could physically take those french fries? I'd put my money on the dad, not the five-year-old. Also, does he realize that as a dad, I, you could go up to the counter and order more french fries? You really didn't need that. It was just a, a moment of bonding with the son. And all these things are going through dad's head as he's just got rejected from his son's french fries. It's amazing what sometimes goes through our life. In this series that we've been talking about, about making a difference, why we were created, why God put us on this world, we have to realize that every day we make choices. Every day you make choices, whether you realize it or not. They could be minimal choices about what I'm going to wear, where I'm going to go, what I'm going to do, where I'm having lunch. Or they could be larger choices of, is this the job that, that God has opened up for me? Is this the person that I am to marry? Is, is this the place that we're to live? But all of those decisions will impact other people. I pray that all of your decisions will make positive impacts on people, but sometimes our decisions also make negative impacts on people. Sometimes when we don't respond with godly responses, we make a negative impact. And we truly are designed to reflect the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in our lives. But I also want you to know that God takes us to McDonald's on a regular basis, and He blesses us with french fries. We all receive french fries. Some of you have received very little bags, and some of you received super-sized bags, but we've all received those french fries from God. And every once in a while, God comes into our lives, sits at the table, and says, I want a few of those french fries. And that's when we put our arms around our french fries and say, no, 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 God, these are, these are my french fries. This is, this is, this is mine. This talent, this money, this resources, this family, this is mine. It's not yours. We have to realize some very fundamental things. That God is the source of all things. Everything that we have comes from him. All good things come from above. You say, oh, but Pastor Mark, I went out and worked that job. Well, my response would be, God gave you that job. Man, I, I prayed for jobs. I prayed for jobs in the congregation. I prayed for jobs myself that the right doors would open up, that we wouldn't get distracted or be detoured, and that while we're at that position, we'll be favored amongst all employees, that we'll have the favor of God upon us. We also have to realize that God does not need our french fries. He wants to share in our french fries with us. My God owns cattle on a thousand hills. To make the analogy, he has more french fries than you and I would ever be able to consume in our life. And he doesn't need our french fries, but he wants us to have a willing and giving heart. Because he wants us to be like him. God wants us to be like him. One of the first instances of God-man reaction is when in Genesis 2, I think it's verse 7, it says God breathed life into Adam, into his nostrils. God gave life, and that was a giving action. John 3.16, most of y'all know it right away. We'll put it up on the screen. Probably one of the first verses you may have memorized as a, as a child or a new believer. Most of you should know it by heart. 
But how many of us don't emphasize one of the verbs that's in this word? For God so loved the world that he now, when we look at this passage, we always focus on his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That's salvation. And man, that's normally the, the powerful part of John 3.16. But we overlook the passage where it says God gave his son. And you know, any time that you use the word, verb gave, there had to be a decision. If Kristen came in and says, Mark, why are there no cars in our driveway? Oh, honey, I, I, I gave them all away. <laughs> now, that would be a whole other conversation right there, but we won't go there today. But you see, there had to be some thought on, you know what? The value of these cars, the need of the people, yeah. And God gave the most valuable thing in heaven to us. And we just blow through that part and say, oh yeah, for God so loved he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Throughout the Bible, you will see that God is always giving. And in our lives, we will never know until one day when we walk into heaven how many times God protected us. How many times God protected us from sickness, disease, accidents, whatever the case may be. And we never even give him thanks or glory. And yet he still loves us and he still has mercy upon us. He protects us. He provides for us. He is our source. One of the passages I wanted to look at today was in 1 Chronicles 29. And it's real interesting the way that we view where our blessings come from. Now I want you to, I'm going to start in verse, I'm just going to read verses 11 and 12 of chapter 29 of 1 Chronicles. But I want to give you some background on this. The first 10 verses, David, his son Solomon, is going to be able to build the temple. And all the people are giving. All the people. In fact, when you read through the passage, there's an interesting part. It says, and they gave all with a perfect heart. And, I, and, my, and my mind just went to that perfect heart, that we would all have a perfect heart. And they were giving. In fact, they were giving everything. They were giving other gold, their, their jewelry, everything because for the temple. And this is what David is saying in verses 11 and 12. He said, greatness, power, Splendor, glory, and majesty are yours, Lord, because everything in heaven and earth is yours. The kingdom is yours, Lord, and you are honored as head of all things. Riches and honor in front of you, and you rule everything. You hold power and strength in your hands, and you can make anyone great and strong. What David is saying is, God, you're the total source of everything in our lives. I think David's heart truly understood his relationship with the Lord God Almighty. It wasn't about what David had done or what Solomon was about to do. It was, Lord, you are everything. See, in today's society, we've taken some of that off of God and we've put it on ourselves. And we said, Lord, look at what we've acquired. Look at the ministry that we've built. Look at the great campuses that we have for you. Look at the television ministries. Or look at, look at this and this and this. And everything in our life should always be reflecting to Jesus Christ. There should be no gain in, in personal just saying, look at what I did. Is look what you did, Lord. Amen. That's the way that we should be realizing our relationship. God is the source of everything. Whether we worked for it, whether we found it, whether we won it, whether it was given to us, God is the source of all things. It is favor that we walk that we're allowed to receive those things. It's God's favor that allows you to have the job that you have. Psalms 24.1 tells us this. 
The earth and everything in it contain, it, it contains are the Lord's. Amen. And the world and all who live in it are his. Amen. I want you to know there are people that are more educated than you and I out there right now. There are people more talented than you and I are out there right now. There are people prettier than you and I are out there. You got to admit, there's got to be somebody prettier or handsome than you are out there. But you know what? They may be laying in a hospital bed, not able to communicate, not even be able to get out and go to work or hug their family or, or their, love, their, their loved ones because they have no health in their body. You see, everything that we have is because God has blessed us. The health and ability for you to be here to, this morning is a blessing from God. That you were able to drive in a car in the rain was a blessing from God. Oh, but I want a newer car. It is still a blessing from God. You see, it's our perspective on what everything flows through us is God's. It's important that you understand all the things that we receive. God gives to us. He delights in us giving to others. God gives to us and he delights and we give to others. Proverbs 19.17 says that when we lend to the poor, we're lending to God and he pays great rewards. But is that a factor in our life? Are we truly giving to the poor on a, on a, on a semi-annual basis? Is it just every once in a while that we come across somebody at a street corner that we, we, we do something? Or do we truly try to have a lifestyle where we help the poor? See, we have to understand that our characteristics as born-again Christians, our goal is to be more like Christ. And Christ gave. So the more that we give, the more we reflect Christ. How many times do, us, do we tell God, no, 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 God. These are my french fries. If I give my french fries away, I won't have enough french fries for myself. And I need to take care of myself. I think it grieves God's heart when we do that. But I also understand God's grace and mercy that he continues to love us even in our weakness. Even when we act like five-year-olds spiritually in front of God. The moment that God puts money into our hands, we declare, this is my money and I will do with it what I want to do. We tend to all have that tendency and we put up a fortress and we have no idea how blessed we are. How blessed we are to live in this great nation. How blessed we are to have what God has given us. You may not have the nicest home on your street, but you have a roof over your head. You may not be wearing all designer clothes, but they don't look worn or tattered unless you bought them that way and paid extra money for it. <laughs> I don't see anyone in this morning starving, especially since we had donuts that Donnie does such a great blessing to us. Thank you, Donnie. <laughs> I got more response to that than to the other things of God. <laughs> Gratitude is an understanding and appreciation for what God has done for us. Right. Gratitude is an understanding and appreciation for what God has done for us. We may not be where we want to be, but we're not where we were. Do you understand? And you can give praise and thanks to God all day long for that. You may not be super Christian, but you're also stronger than you were a year ago. It's important that we understand and show God our gratitude. But sometimes we're like Jimmy. We don't know how to show gratitude 
and start giving up some of our french fries. I want you to know that there are three things that I'll go through real quickly when we talk about giving. The Bible talks about giving in three ways. There's tithes, there's offerings, and there's alms. Tithes are the 10% that is to be brought into the storehouse, the church, so that it could do what it's supposed to do. In fact, and I've mentioned this in the past, that if we truly follow that rule, the church, we would have needed government assistance and government aid and Medicaid and Medicare because the church would have been fulfilling that role that it was called to do. Offerings are anything that you give above and beyond your tithe. Alms is when it says that your right hand's not supposed to know what your left hand's doing. So if I wanted to, to, to bless Lutz and, and give him $50, because God says, give Lutz $50. See, you should at least amen that. <laughs> amen, okay. And I don't say, oh, ladies and gentlemen, I have a brand new $50 bill, and I want to give it to this young man right here who's serving God. And you know what? I just received all my glory and credit right now in the eyes of you, which was pale compared to what would have happened if I just would have shaken Luke's hand and given him $50, and no one would have known about it. God would have known about it and said, you know what? This guy's finally getting it. It's not about what he's acquiring on this world. It's what he's able to do and bless and be sensitive to the Spirit of God. And that's alms. But sometimes we get into the mode of just tipping God. Well, I'll give God something if I have something in my wallet. Why don't you try that analogy? I'd love for you to go to a great steakhouse tonight. Please, go to a great steakhouse, order as much food as you want, and decide that you don't want to pay the bill, but you're just going to leave a really good tip. See how far you get out the door. Even though you're leaving a very good tip, you're missing the fundamentals. And that's what we do sometimes with God, is we tip God instead of honoring Him with our first fruits. My three points are this. Do we trust Jesus? It's going to boil down to whether we trust Jesus. Now see, we trust Jesus with one of the greatest things that we can talk about, our salvation. Man, we, we stand on the word of God about our salvation. We've said the prayer. We've accepted Jesus Christ. We believe in faith that our sins are forgiven. But when it talks about money, we tend to possibly start becoming theologians and deciding to dissect. You see, also... The same Jesus who talked about salvation also and told us that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And there's no other way unto the Father. In Matthew 19, 29, he tells us, And everyone who gave up homes, brothers, sisters, fathers, mothers, children, or fields because of my name will receive a hundred times more and will inherit eternal life. He's saying that there is a blessing in being generous and that God rewards those who are generous. Jesus mentioned money several times. I want to address something. If you Google this, you'll find that it says that Jesus talked more about money than heaven and hell. Hell. Hail. Yeah. <laughs> a southern hell, okay? Not northern hell. Yuns. It's hell. Okay? And you don't want to go to northern hell or southern hell. You just want to avoid that. But if you really start looking at it, that's when they're doing a search for the word hell. There are other words that were in reference to heaven and hell. hell. <laughs> I'm just going to point, okay? There's Hades, soul. And so when they, when they start talking about that, be very leery. But when you do look at the way Jesus references money, 
It's not about something that we should be setting our lives around and inquiring. It's more about giving it away. Jesus teaches that our dependence should be on the Lord, that he is our source, he is our provision. When he spoke about money, it was to give away. It tells us, do not lay up for yourself treasures on this earth where, wrath, where, where rust and moth, that's what you get, where our will, and thieves will break in and steal. He also talks to the rich young ruler, says, one thing you still lack, sell everything that you have and distribute it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And we go on, and he turned away because he was a very wealthy man. See, when we look at the teachings of Jesus, it's all about giving. It's not just about giving to the church, it's about giving to each other. This whole series is about making a difference in our community, in our workplace, in our schools, in our neighborhoods, in our family. And we can't do that without having a generous spirit. Whether you're talking about money, whether it's just about time, whether it's just wanting to listen to someone and be sympathetic to them and praying with them. We have to be generous in nature. We cannot be self-consumed and make a difference in our world. Our prayers cannot be, Lord, I'll give if there's anything left over after I pay the cable bill, my cell phone bill, the car that I really can't afford, but thank you for it, God. We're not putting our hope and our trust in God as our source and our strength. We're putting him on our grocery list and saying, if everything's left over, then this. Oh, but Pastor Mark, you don't understand the economy. No, I'm going to tell you, you don't understand my God. You see, my God is greater than this economy. It's where are we spending resources? It may be that we're taking God's money and we're spending it on things that are not of God, that are just self-gratifying. Do we truly, if the economy's bad and you're hurting, do you need premium cable channels? Do you need $6 lattes every day? Now, I'm not making eye contact right now because I don't want anyone walking up to me and saying, you... The point being is... <laughs> We really have to look at where our relationship is. The second point is God's provision is God's willingness to give to us. If we're going to make a difference, God is going to use us to make that difference. We are God's hands and feet. We are who we were created to be. Do you remember last week we talked about God made you the way you are and God made me the way I am. And he uses our strengths and he uses our weakness to make impacts in our worlds. How many of us, though, would send one of our children down to the store to buy a gallon of milk? And we know that gallon of milk is $3. So I said, hey, Austin, I want you to go down and get some milk. Man, Austin would say, yes, sir. It's just his heart. He'd be, yes, sir. And by the way, here's 50 cents. Bring me back some milk. Now, I'm not going to get father of the year with, with anyone, especially I'm going to make an impact on Austin when I'm asking him to go get something for me. I know that it's $3, but I'm giving him 50 cents. God does not operate in that way. If God is calling you, God will provide for you. If God is calling you, God will provide. God will order your steps. He will be your provision. He will be your strength. He will be your hope. And God never gives you 50 cents for a $3 mission. It's important that we understand. Many times people said, or prayed, <laughs> you don't understand how many times I get requests, Pastor, I'm, I'm going to a casino, and if you'll pray, <laughs> this part's the churches. No questions asked. 
How many of us have said, Lord, if I had a million dollars, I'll give $500,000 to the church. You might as well stop lying right there, okay? Because what happens is, God is more concerned with that $450 paycheck that you get each week, and you can't trust him with $45. So if you can't trust him with $45, 10% of your paycheck, what makes you think you're going to be trustworthy when 50% comes in at a million dollars? And all of a sudden, you see all the shiny things that can be purchased out there that will make me happy if I own them, because that's what television tells me. If I own them, I will be happy if I wear these shoes. Shoes. Did you see the new shoes that are out now that are in the thousands dollar range? Not the hundreds anymore. They're the must have for this Christmas. Be prepared. <laughs> just, just telling you what's coming down the road. You see, tithing is never an issue about the amount. Tithing is never an issue about the amount. It's about the attitude. I'm going to tell you that there was a time in my life when I didn't have a job. And I asked my dad, I said, Dad, I don't have a job. What do I do? He said, Mark, you have time. Go tithe your time. And man, I volunteered at the church. I, sir, I worked like a dog during those times while I was looking for a job. Because I had nothing coming in to give out. But I had to give. And that's what God has created in us. Because the more that we give, the more we become like who the giver of all things is. And that's Jesus Christ. My third point is that God wants us to work with us in reaching people. God needs people who are willing to reach out and touch others, willing to go out and make a difference in your office, your school, your classroom, your neighborhood. There's a tremendous future ahead for us, this church, this ministry, you, our PAYS apprentices, the PAYS missions organization itself. There's a great future. God's about to do some great and mighty things. But he needs us to get in a preparation of making a difference, having a mindset of others as opposed to self. You can easily go through life focused on self. It's changing, changing, changing the focus so that you look for opportunities for others. See, we love looking for opportunities for ourselves. But how often do we look for opportunities to bless others? As you look at this ministry, some of you years ago were not even in a church. If you look at this ministry, several years ago, some of you were bound in drugs and addictions. And you're clean today because of what Jesus Christ has done in your life. Amen. Some of you were living lives of immorality, chained with bondage. And God came in through Jesus Christ and set you free. Because of not only like churches like Lake House Church, but all the churches that are proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ. It's important that we understand that God wants us to give back some of those french fries. Keeping the ministry alive. Every once in a while, I've mentioned this when we take communion. Because when we take communion, we take communion in remembrance of what Jesus Christ did. The sacrifice that he gave. And we take the juice and the crackers in memory of what he's done. But when Kristen and I write our tie check, it's kind of a reverse communion. And I'm saying, here is done in remembrance of the work week that I performed, God. And it wasn't an easy work week. But this is my percentage back to you because I put my hope and my trust in you. See, to me, I think communion goes both ways. We do in remembrance of him, and he also enjoys when we do and give him remembrance of what we've done and struggled for. 
The only time that God asks us to test him comes from Malachi 3.10, where it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing until it overflows. Pouring out a blessing. Open up the windows of heaven. I was listening to a, a teaching a uh, 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 couple weeks ago. Who was that gentleman we were listening to? Remember? And he was talking about the opening the heavens, even inside of us, giving us ideas for businesses, giving us insight for investment. See, we always think that it's just going to be this big of money falling into our yard and we go out and rake it up. But it really is working through us to say, you know what? That would be a great business idea. That would be a great opportunity. And then all of a sudden, favor comes in and you're able to go and walk through that step. To me, that is also opening up the heavens above us. Amen. Some of you say, oh, but Pastor Mark, tithing is not mentioned in the New Testament. Well, I do want you to know that Jesus did mention tithing because when he went to the Pharisees and Sadducees, he said to them, you guys even tithe on your spices, but your life is totally wrong. See, he was recognizing their giving, but their heart was totally wrong. Right. Now, if tithing wasn't even to be brought in, he would have said, you know, just stop everything. But he was saying, you're giving, but your heart is completely wrong. Amen. What this passage is saying is that we can all afford to tithe. It's just that we can't afford to tithe and hold on to some of the things of this world that were never meant to be ours in the first place. Have you ever ha heard of being house poor, car poor, credit card poor? That's not the way that we should be living our lives. Amen. In bondage and debt. You know, I told the original group that came to Lake House Church, I will never take this church in debt. It is so easy to take you all in debt. We could have a wonderful campus. Literally, we could. We get offers all the time. We'll loan you money. We'll come in there and we'll, we'll teach your people how to give and have them sign notes and do all of this. But how do I teach you on debt when I'm leading you into debt? I can't do it. So what I have to do is I have to teach you what the Word of God says. And it says that we're designed to be givers. And not only givers of money to this ministry, givers wherever you have an opportunity to give. Because we truly reflect Jesus Christ at that time. Self-gratifying things will never make you happy. The more we serve a giving God, the more we serve a generous God. We become more generous. We become more like Him. Psalms 11.25 tells us this. A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. It's a law of reciprocity. There can be people that don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ and can be very generous and the blessings still come. You see, if you give, it comes back to you. And it's important that we understand that if we're going to make a difference, we need to give. Not only of our resources, this message isn't just about, I want you all to be tithers. I would love for you to be tithers because I know that there's a blessing associated with that. But I want you to be givers. I want you to be givers to ministries, to people. If God tells you to give to, to one individual, just do it. I'll tell you what, I have never regretted, I have never, never regretted being generous, but I have regretted being stingy. When I know that God told me to walk up to somebody I didn't know and give, and all of a sudden I just started saying, but God, I, I, I need this money for this and this and this. And I could feel the presence of God just leave me right there. There's been times where Chris has said, didn't I just give you money yesterday? I'm like, yeah, I just gave it away. That's a whole other conversation. But you know, the thing of it is, is I please God. 
Giving is a principle in life. And it breaks down the walls that we hold up around our french fries. I think some of you, when the next time you eat french fries, you might remember some of this message. <laughs> McDonald's ought to sponsor this message today. The following message was brought to you by McDonald's. Because <laughs> I'm wondering how many of y'all are going to go buy McDonald's french fries in the next day or two because of this. Your plan and purpose for life and the lives around you are far greater with God's blessing than what you could do on your own without his blessing. Do you understand? God can do more with less. But when we feel we need more to do more, we have the principle turned around. So it's important that we understand our role in our relationship as born-again believers. As I close, I want to make a very important announcement. I've talked about giving. I've talked about many things. But the most important thing is having a relationship with Jesus Christ. For you to truly understand that Jesus Christ came and died on a cross as a sacrifice for you and for me. And on that cross, he nailed all of our sins, all of our sickness, all of our disease, all of my anxiety. I can point to the cross. Satan will come into your life and constantly try to remind you of your past. Will constantly try to attack your body will constantly try to bring worry and stress into your life. And that's when you need to point to the cross. Because that's when it was purchased. It's no longer your sickness, your disease, your worry. It was purchased. And all it takes is for you to accept Jesus Christ into your heart as Lord and Savior by making a very simple declaration. I'd be amazed at probably the millions and billions of people that gave their heart to Christ just in that second before death. And it didn't have to be a, an official prayer with the thous and the these. It was just, God, forgive me. Cleanse me, a sinner. Come into my life. Salvation comes. You see, salvation is not based on your works. Salvation is not based upon your heritage or lineage or where you work. It's based upon a relationship, making Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. And once he's your Lord and Savior, turning over areas of your life to him, becoming maybe more generous, not only in your money, but also in your time, your sympathy, maybe generous in your mercy, generous in your forgiveness. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I'd like to lead you in a very simple prayer as we close. We never know who is visiting or who's listening to this message on the web. But I would like to lead everybody in a very simple prayer. And if you say this prayer and you mean it, it truly will radically change your life. But it's going to be the beginning of a beautiful relationship. But it's a relationship that needs to be nurtured, nurtured just like any dating relationship or marriage relationship we have on this world. And that comes through spending time in worship. Choosing worship as opposed to some of the things that this world is trying to bombard you with. Getting alone in the Word of God. Spending time in the Word I recommend reading through the book of Romans, through the book of John. Psalms, Proverbs are great books. They'll teach you who and how we can grow as Christians. It's important also that we understand that prayer time is not just about telling God our wants and our needs, but also listening. Would you please pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and rose from the grave to give me life. Please forgive me. 
change my heart. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. And I now confess Jesus Christ as my Savior, and I'm saved. Amen. We have the ability to lead anybody in that prayer. It could be a teacher, a co-student, co-worker, the neighbor that you really don't like. Get them saved. Maybe they'll change. Pray. Intercede for them. My God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. I'd like to speak a blessing over you as we dismiss. So would you please stand? And according to God's word, may the Lord bless you and protect you. And may the Lord smile upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. So go in his peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you. Thank